0: Hello and welcome back to Speak. This is going to be part two of our episode from two weeks ago, which was Between a Rock and a Hard Conversation, which is a fucking great title, by the way. <laughs> you are so welcome. I was so proud of it. Oh, I was like, I love a play on words. <laughs> that tickled me pink. Um So, yeah. And I suppose just to recap on some of the things that we touched on, we spoke about, I suppose, different examples of when hard conversations or tough situations crop up as a safety professional. We covered things like pressure to not report things. We had an example of like running an audit and dealing with fear of the people that you're auditing, Mm -hmm. Um, awkward encounters or how awkward it feels to do an intervention. We talked about building political political capital and knowing when to spend it, um, and and then we kind of uh, moved into then like difficult conversations with teams as managers, uh, which I suppose is kind of more of a, a general thing than just safety. Yeah. Um. And so, I suppose I had I did listen back to the episode and there was probably a few additional points that I wanted to include. Yeah. Um and that I feel could add to it and then we can I suppose move on from there until like we still have plenty more stuff to dig into around the difficult conversation stuff Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I was thinking about was I had said about you know giving advice to my younger self for when things get difficult and that's thing of all oh, looking up and scanning for different roles but I suppose one of the points I would make is that as you grow in your career as you get more skilled at things. Um, part of it as well as is, is about knowing when to stay because there are so many businesses that need good safety people. And if we just keep going like, fuck this and leaving, then they'll never improve. <laughs> um, and I guess a lot of them, a lot of them actually do want to improve. They just don't know how, which is why they reach out and hire safety people in the first place. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it's a long road uh, to to start feeling like you are making a difference in, in a business. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I guess, and one of the things of like, with a lot of smaller businesses, there's definitely like teams of one, or it might be, you might, depending on the industry, you're in segregated teams. So you're split out across different sites, different reporting structures. So I suppose one of the things will be making sure that you find support in the business, but also outside of it, Yeah. Um, people that you can bounce off of. Mm. Um, And I suppose one of the main things is if you are a safety person working in a business and you're getting stuck into it and you're making a difference, it's knowing that it will get fucking way, way worse (laughs) before it gets better. Because when you start having an impact, when you start building relationships, when you start having the chats with people, they will start telling you stuff. And that's when... That's when shit gets real. Um, yeah. it's like pulling a thread or opening Pandora's box. So it will. Like I remember working in a business before where it was like, well, since you fucking started, we've had way more incidents. I'm like, no, no, you now know about way more incidents. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. That's yep. what. It, so now,
0: now we have work to do. Um. So yeah, so I just wanted to, I suppose, recap on that and get those points across. Um, but towards yeah towards the end of the last episode we were kind of moving into that talking about dealing with teams and all that kind of stuff which i know is your jam you're into it love it love it um (laughs) and yeah and all those different kind of difficult conversations that can come up so yeah what are your what are your thoughts
1: so i love the recap and i think i just want to double down on that knowing when to stay i think um it's probably we spoke last time about when to leave, right? Mm-hmm. If someone's like really challenging your integrity, um, etc. But I just I think one of the things that occurs to me as you were saying is um there's a video of Simon Sinek talking about bailing on his second book and getting ready to bail on his second book. And he was like, Already prepped it, already prepped all the sentences. And then somebody said, do you think your book will make a difference to people's lives and to organizations? And he said, yes. And he was like, then tough shit mm-hmm. have to write that book because the world needs it. And I suppose when you're in that situation and it's got tough, you need to ask yourself the key question, which is, um, is it tough because I'm making a difference mm-hmm. is it tough because I'm being stopped making a difference. Yeah. Um, And if it is getting tough because you're making a difference, it's hard to celebrate in the moment. But man, know that there is stuff that is happening right now. Conversations behind closed doors, reporting is happening that never would have existed without you being there. So stick it out. That bit does get easier. And it doves into your it gets worse (laughs) um, before it gets better. And I would say the one stark warning I give most organizations if they approach me is, Typically what happens when you get a really good team, a really engaged team, exactly as you said, you will start to be told stuff you never knew. And it's not new. This is not, we're having more accents. This means you just know, like the fuller picture now, and now we can do some proper work. So I think that whole you know be prepared that getting it right means it looks wrong for a bit oh god it looks like a fucking bloodbath, it's a shit show at the start it, and you know what so the one thing i say to people is draw that draw that triangle and what you should see is the low level incidents go up because people are now reporting stuff that they wouldn't and the big stuff that they always had to report will go down mm-hmm. so what you'll see is the numbers in volume skyrocket but it's the big the little stuff that people are just like oh why would i bother So it's like the numbers go up, but the actual risk is for sure. Right. right. So yeah, I love that. Um, And then I suppose the bits, the the things that I missed on the last one was I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we'll come back to the four pillars. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know we've said that we'll, we'll definitely do a separate podcast on what I believe to be the four pillars of, of, um, of safety. All that sort of the first view when you go somewhere, what are the four things you should be reviewing? And I didn't actually ever go back to them or say what they were. So, top secret can't say, top secret can't say. Um, <laughs> so that it is just to say it's reporting, investigation, root cause identification, and root cause removal. They're the four things What I'm saying, How well are we doing? What is going on in this new organization? I say, How well are we reporting? How easy for people? Go talk to them about how. You know, do your numbers look right? Are you seeing near misses, etc.? what's your data looking like? Because is it just like barren and clunky? Mm-hmm. Are you sharing it? Um, and then investigation. Oh God, who's upskilled? How are we trained people to have the difficult conversations around statement taking, blah, blah. Finding root causes, delivering a really bad message that, dude, you've got this thing that's wrong in a million locations and I'm sorry. Um, and then also the root cause removal part. I'd love to, when we go into the four pillars, do something on um, how you deliver a message at board level to say, I really need investment and how to sort of structure that message. Because one of the trickiest conversations that we can have, we'll talk about, I think dive into on this one, which is the teams. But then one of the other one is, Walking into a boardroom that you've never been in before and you've got your cap in your hand and a problem. So A, you're going to deliver some bad news and then you're going to deliver bad, bad news because you say, now I want you some money that you definitely need to do something else with to fix this problem. So yeah, reporting, investigation, root cause identification, root cause removal, my four pillars of immediate review when I go into places. I'd love to dive into those on a different day, but just so people know that they were real and had structure behind them. Um, so yeah, they're probably the things I just wanted to recap on, but yeah, love the team's angle, and maybe that's what we we dive into now, yeah,
0: because there is that thing of with
1: managing
0: a team, and this is whether it's in no matter what the team. Um, and I guess we have people at all different stages of their careers listening to this huge, huge listenership, guys, like yeah. massive, huge. <laughs> but you know and then and even like from the difference between the two of us like we've both had management roles but i've only ever managed small small teams Mm -hmm. team of one team of two um whereas you've managed big teams yeah um so yeah the difference in approaches to that um also what it feels like to be managed when you're in a team Mm -hmm. i'm a fucking dream to manage uh
1: are you no, no. Shaking head. Know.
0: Shaking. <laughs> Remember a couple of a couple of episodes ago when I was like, I'm a fucking dream student?
1: Also, no. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Wouldn't have said it. Wouldn't have said <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, where do you I mean, where do you want to start? What's on your mind team-wise? Is it the poor performance discussion? Is it what it's like? I mean, do we start with how it feels to be managed? Like have you have you had a terrible manager, a great manager? Like, what's your experience with being managed, being a member of a team?
0: oh mm. uh, I've had lots of real shit managers. Wow. Um yeah. So I think a lot of what I would have learned and how I would approach managing now is very much on a what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> so Good tips, like, get your pens and papers ready, people. Yeah, I've just been like, okay, noted, not not going to do that. Um <laughs> yeah and like i was thinking back in it and i i i don't have like a direct manager in my past that i would have been like yes they were amazing they were really formative in my career really admired them really looked up to them i didn't i didn't have that that didn't never had it um i wonder why that is i wonder where i got it sent definitely to- is, it's industry specific i think is part of it yeah um you know de- moving through construction um there definitely weren't as many definitely weren't as many smashy women as there should be yeah um and i would always i remember getting really hyped one business i joined and there was a a woman there who was a project manager and i'd never worked with it with a female project manager before and I was like oh yes I'm so excited to see how this is gonna go and two weeks later she was like oh I'm just handing my notice I'm, I'm moving on I was like fuck it <laughs> um so yeah so I don't know um and that is not to say Jesus fucking Christ that is not to say that they're not there aren't absolutely fabulous managers
1: who are men um
0: yeah, yeah. there are I just haven't had any yet
1: uh, um, so my favorite boss um of all time was when i was in a tiny team i was in a team of um three um yeah. and my favorite boss was a dude called chris chris clark shout out to your boy hope you're listening um <laughs> and uh <laughs> his first this is definitely not how to manage people by the way but i'm just going to say the first thing that he said to me on my first day <laughs> he said uh oh chris if you remember this mate he sat in the window of western house in aylesbury and said so uh so obviously i'm chris so i was like right in the interview um what do you do for fun? Like I would like to say, like I'm a, I'm like a binge drinker. That's kind of what I did. <laughs> and he was, I don't know, barely thirty. I was probably twenty three, uh, and I was like working for this man. This man, yeah, knows the crack. Um, <laughs> and the reason I loved working for him is he did a couple of things really well. Um, I don't know. We're sort of digressing off the difficult conversation thing, but I think that it's really important sometimes when you're like, what's the missing piece is he did praise excellently. He did mm. autonomous uh, autonomy excellently, but not in an isolated way. He lived like a couple of train rides away, would make sure he was always in the office a couple of days a week. He was there and present and very frequently at two o'clock would be like, right, put a meeting in your diaries for the next three hours, we're going to the pub. And it wasn't always a big, massive debt do but it was a laugh it was how are you how's life how's your partner etc it was real and he said to me once he got a really bad rep um for a little while because he sort of disappeared at two o'clock and I said to him does it bother you that you're you know getting a reputation for not being available after two and he was like listen promise I start work at 6am all my work is always done Mm -hmm. I hold myself to the same standard I do you he said I don't care what hours you do I don't care what days of the week you work. I don't care. If your output is great, then you're great. And he said, tell me one person that can say anything about my output. I can't. So I will work how it works for me. And I expect all the people that work for me. And I was like, so if I left now and we are walking through a cup, I said, so if I just went home now, you wouldn't mind. He was like, "Where's well, your work done? I was like, yeah. He was like, why would I care? And I was like, huh, and it just changed my perspective on the mandatory where I worked before. It was you were here at 8.36. You didn't lead to a mm. to the I value your output. I value your brain. Yeah. Uh, and that guy needed me in his team. And yet when I went for a new job, sat next to me as I was getting news about the job I was going for and celebrated when I got it. So, you know, best, genuinely best boss. Um, mm. But Yeah so but circling back to the point um tell me about some tricksy conversations you've had have you had tricksy conversations with people that work for you or that or up or anything like that
0: um yeah I've definitely I've I've had a few um yeah I've had a few I suppose I'm thinking back to like a couple of years ago I was working for a construction company where I had four different people that I reported directly into. What? Construction is a fucking nightmare, right? So I reported directly into the project manager, the site manager, the senior safety officer and the area manager, which should have been tiered or if like, even I remember the day I was handing in my notice. I was like running around the site because I had to hand it in to each one of them individually. Really? And then like get to the next one to mind their fucking ego that they didn't hear it from somebody else. Um. So, yeah, I, I'm trying to think if I can remember. A specific conversation. Um. I just well, I remember a lot of difficult scenarios between all of them and and being pulled in different directions wow. um definitely didn't help that two of them were sleeping together so that's,
1: <laughs> that's a fucking nightmare <laughs> that's uh, that's never that's it's never good you stuck between
0: no never never good never good yeah, not yeah. conducive for um fun team meetings put it that way um but yeah so i think like but in terms of i suppose difficult conversations for managing like managing up um I would definitely have had to have conversations with company directors before where it's like this isn't working because (laughs) and you're trying to give them feedback on we'll say their star player their star project manager whatever and going you're this guy is actually fucking not pulling his weight or whatever's not going on or blah 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 and when it's related to safety it's like you have to go in and give that deliver that news yeah and what you're trying to do in a way that's not throwing somebody under the bus but then also coaching that director to manage it in a way that it doesn't all fucking blow up and everybody lose their heads yeah um and actually there's one actually one has just sprung to mind where i had a site manager and a foreman Sorry, a site manager and a project manager who wouldn't speak to each other. These are the two key guys on the construction mm. site. Like the job cannot go on. And it's like, yeah, I'm I'm not going to the progress meeting if he's there. Mm. I was like, sorry, <laughs> I was like, sorry, sorry, what? Um, that, that's not that is not acceptable. You, this is part of your role, part of your, and it's part of your role to be civil to people. It is part of your role to engage, attend the meetings, work with each other. This was two grown men, one in his 50s, one in his 40s, um, refusing to speak to each other and dickhead here getting stuck in the middle because, well, no, it's not really a safety issue. HR aren't dealing with it, but somebody has to. And a lot of the times with difficult conversations, that does fall down, back to safety people. We end up stuck in things that you kind of, go, yeah, it's not my it function, it. But, yep. but everyone talks to me and I get on with everyone. So here we are. Um, disaster. Or again, kind of like coaching one of the higher ups coming and be like, you need to sort these two out. Yeah.
1: This yeah. needs to get resolved. Oh, you have um, just reminded me of a terrible, difficult conversation. Um. Very interestingly, and I have my pen usually, so I can write notes. as you, as you always spark thoughts. Let me get my pen. Um. This is why it's unedited, guys. Because perfection is not the aim. No, it is not. Authenticity is the aim. So, um. Imagine this. Twenty years old. Um. Started in a team of at the time twenty two other technicians, male and one of them thought it was completely okay and he was hu- he was huge to slap my butt
0: oh fuck God. is did we i think we spoke about this previously on
1: right the women's day podcast go on on the women's day podcast so for people that didn't uh, hear it the long story very short is this was repeated daily signing into buildings whatever it was and I went to a manager and said I'm really sorry if all very uncomfortable um and actually at the time I was in a same-sex relationship as well so I was just like the fact that it's the like a man and he's Mm. and the power dynamic is like I'm I'm terrified and my the response was oh but he's been here years absolutely years um i'm not saying if you want to say something say, it to you, say like say itself and i was like well I, ca- well I can't well if it's bothering you that much you will and so months went by and i eventually had the difficult conversation and in the only way that i knew how really which was he was saying you know i think i treat everybody equally and i said do you think you treat me equally and he was like, yeah, I think I'd treat you like everybody else. And I said, okay, would would you smack Bobby's ass? And he was like, um, so no. Of course you wouldn't. And he said, well, don't don't you like it? Oh, Jesus, fuck. And I said, absolutely not. It makes me feel wildly uncomfortable. And on the same site, even even like some guy working on an engineering job we were supervising on a Saturday, some guys around the back of an enclosure. And some engineer who was absolutely drunk literally bent me over a table, leant on me, and was breathing about being a lesbian in my ear. Oh Jesus, fucking! I been twenty, Christ. he would have been. I think he must have been in his sixties because when I then tore back to the office to say, "Can somebody have? Can somebody like do something?" I I was told, "Um, it, oh, he's about to retire. You're gonna." gets sacked he gets no pension and he raises his grandkids so you're going to wreck his life and his his grandkids won't have a home that'll be all because of you because of you now not because of his behavior because of you because of me um and so i think my my experience now in those situations would be to back myself more and say cool if you're not comfortable having this conversation i absolutely need to go and document this properly i need Mm -hmm. to talk to hr and say this is what's happened i didn't know the steps enough as what I would say as a kid to know that actually there would be a process, there would be support. Um so the difficult conversation I had with the first guy, fine second one. So I think my my advice to anybody would be if you're in positions where you're feeling like you can't have a personally effective like a conversation about stuff that's happening to you, document the crap out of it. Go and speak to somebody completely impartial in HR and just say, this is what's going on. This is how I feel. And actually have somebody from the outside of your team um, get involved. And then from a having difficult conversations performance-wise, oh, man, there's been a couple. There's been one where I've had to dismiss a long-term contract that organizations have with a security company because they just didn't deliver. Mm. Uh, that's a tricksy one because they yeah. were you know, my extended team that were outsourced and i had to i think one of the really key things like difficult conversations when it comes to any sort of performance management is you have to self-check that you've got a point because your annoyance sometimes personality clashes like they can all get involved uh-huh And sometimes you have to self-check. If you're going to be a good leader, be prepared for people that you don't naturally gel with to be in your team excelling and probably being quite annoying, right? Because we're all different, right? We all have different personalities and there's going to be people in the team that are excelling that also think you are a pain in the butt, right? 100% many members of my team will be like, bloody hell, she's a nightmare, but she treats me fairly. She, you know, Team management is my my jam. But um, so I I find the best way to deal with the performance thing is step number one, get ready for the conversation, prep properly, because if it's a big deal, ending a multi-million pound contract, or if it's a very difficult person, Mm -hmm. you need to have your ducks in a row. And I mean, not just there's been some, if you're starting a conversation about performance with there's been some occasions, just end it there. Yeah. Because you're not making you already not making a point. Um if you start a conversation with, I have pulled us together to discuss concerns about performance. Not your performance, it's very pointy, performance, right? There is some differences between expectation and delivery at the moment, and I want to drill down into those. I'm going to give specific examples of times that I have felt. Delivery has not met expectation. And they should be time, date stamped, perfect examples with impact. Don't just say, well, some Mondays you don't turn up and I think you're hungover. Like you've lost, just so you know, already you've lost, you've not made any points. It should be so specific and it should absolutely be tied to an impact. And that impact could just be team impact. There's only a couple of us. We actually can't be a man down. Mm-hmm. could be we can't afford for people to be slack. We can't pull people not to be giving 100%. It has to be impact-driven. So my number one thing is sitting down having these performance conversations is self-check yourself, write it in a diary, get one from Amazon, 99p, whatever it is from a stationery shop, and write it down. And the first thing you should do before pulling a meeting, before giving anyone an indication, is read back and then list and if there's not lots of examples with big impacts that are close together, it's probably your problem. Because mm. everybody has a day where they just mess up a bit, or they're just a bit annoying, or they say a question they probably left the room and thought, "Crap, shouldn't have said that out loud." Yeah. If they are frequent, there's impact, no remorse, things like that. Okay, you've got a case, but man, have your evidence ready and have a clear, concise delivery of the problem. And don't use your opinion. You just can't. I have an opinion. Go on. Oh.
0: <laughs> I think one of the most important skills, skill that a leader or a manager can have is managing in real time. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to address a performance issue in real time as well. Yes. If somebody comes, first of all, if somebody comes to a depending on whatever your structure is for performance management, performance reviews, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever. Yep. If one of your team comes into one of those meetings and is surprised by what you have said, you have failed them.
1: Failed. What happened? Failed
0: fucking F bold manager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nothing should come as a surprise, and there should be nothing on that list that you haven't said in the moment. In the moment. In the moment, and that could be yeah. a gentle like email follow up, just to be like, "I've noticed this happened today. The impact was." They should, when you get there to that point where you've got, I've got fifteen things on this list. They should be like, "Oh no, yeah, you, yeah, you do, you yeah, do. I know." You tell me about those things. Yeah, yeah, it should be like I'm revisiting this because, hey because I didn't actually change my performance as a result of you managing me in the moment. Yeah, and and then
0: layering on top of your point of, you need to have your clear examples. This is the impact. The mm. one phrase that sticks with me, and it's from Brene Brown, so it's gold. Yay, Brene. Clear, clear is kind. Yes. For fuck's sake, give people an opportunity to perform well. Yeah. Be very clear. These are the standards and then allow them to meet them. Yeah. Don't have like these secret fucking rules or these things that you just kind of prefer and why don't they read your mind and then they're not really doing the right thing. Clear is kind. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Open. Okay. expectations and be clear when somebody is not meeting them.
1: Absolutely right. And be clear
0: when they are. Yes. Like, oh my God, you're fucking smashing it. You're doing so much.
1: Recognition, like one hundred percent key recognition. But I, I love that. I think it's absolutely right. You, you have a responsibility to set some. So as a leader or manager, you can be like in either. You have a responsibility to clearly set the deliverables. So when I said here is my expect, you know, there's a deliverable, mm. and then there is the expectation. Well, my expectation is what I wrote down at the beginning of the year is your objectives, or those objectives that we've honed through the year because it's been busy. You are miles away. And I am telling you this in the moment, but you absolutely must nail down clear objectives. And yeah, I mean, fundamental, clear as kind. I love that. Yeah, really like that.
0: Yeah, because like you say, there's that thing of when you sit down to speak with someone, you're like, so I just kind of think that maybe it's Like like, it's and it's so awkward, it's unfair to them. And it's actually unfair to you. You would be exhausted yes you will be exhausted from it um so also
1: pre- prepare for it to be a well that's how you feel I Ooh. feel like I'm doing I feel like I'm doing great work and you can't actually give me any examples of how I'm not doing great work you can't give me a name that I'm missing like what's the problem prepare for the most round <laughs> conversation that gets nowhere and achieves nothing yeah yeah,
0: yeah. and like you say when you've all your examples listed out then it's like well it's this And you can frame it in the way of, I am telling you this because I want a fantastically performing team and you are on that team. I want you to perform so well. Yes. Unless the person's an absolute fucking dick. And then it's like, well, look. (laughs) Have a
1: conversation again. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. Um, No, I, I, um, I also think that one of the biggest tips about difficult conversations is... If you are fair and ethical and good leader that values their people,
0: Mm.
1: and you are not flying off the hip every little thing that goes wrong, by the time you sit down to have a conversation, the other person sat opposite you knows that they brought you here. That if you are fully supportive, and I'll give you a really good example of a guy that worked for me called Mark some some years ago, um, at a tiny team, and. I treated him, he was treated terribly before I got there, treated him well, praised him, he did great work. And actually he ended up being a total asset to me. I thought he was wonderful. Whereas when I turned up, they were like, you'll end up firing him in a couple of weeks. He's like completely hopeless. He was magic. Mm. He fell over in a big way um, and we lost some certification, big certification that was around us being able to operate. And after the, the auditor left, he looked at me and he said i'm so sorry and i and this is this is what i mean about prep and treat people with so much love and respect that they know if you're having a tricky conversation it doesn't have to be argumentative they know mm-hmm. the crack and i said to him what do you think needs to happen from here mark and he said you need to put me on an improvement plan because i know what i should have been doing and i didn't do it and I didn't do it because I procrastinated because I hate the task. You need to put me in an improvement plan.
0: Oh my God, my name is Mark. <laughs>
1: right. And uh, I've been
0: this story and I don't like it.
1: <laughs> and I said to him, I'm not writing it. Because in it it was, you know, what did we get wrong? Like, how do you get better? What's the sort of mark of success? And and also it's like, what's the impact until it's resolved? Genuinely, I cannot take my hats off more. I said to him, I'm not writing it. You know what you've got to do. You write it. But what do you think the impact should be? And he said to me, you should withhold my bonus until I am, we are recertified. Until we are back where we should be, you should hold my bonus back. And I said, okay. I. It was a difficult conversation made so much easier by the fact that man knew I valued him. Uh-huh. I respected him. I was very clear with what I expected of him so in the moment when it crashed down he knew it was because he didn't meet a very clear requirement he knew what was going to happen i didn't even need to have the depths of the tricky conversation because it was so there so mm-hmm. i think you can run up to these things people know you're fair and level and yeah and a good person it does they they know they know that they're not going to then they're less likely to measure about i feel in my experience yeah yeah
0: yeah i'd agree um and and like that thing of of being prepared um like i've already said i didn't have any brilliant managers at all like mostly crap ones like there's a few obviously who were sound and i got on really well Mm. there's a difference of getting on really well, well with someone and being managed to a point where you know that you the best is being brought out of you and you're like, oh, I'm going to smash it for this person. Yep. Um, But one of the things and this won't be for everyone, but there is this website that I have been reading for years and it's called askamanager.org. It's this American woman and she like people write in their questions. Now, to all our American listeners, love you so much. There are some fucking batshit crazy stuff on that website. Like it is hilarious because they're all like <laughs> mad workplace stories. Yeah. Or, like just mad workplace stories, and then people are in going, Jesus fucking Christ, how do I manage this person, or how do I have this awkward conversation with my colleague, or how do I get around this? Yeah. And she answers them, and then there's the whole commentary as well, which is phenomenally entertaining. Yeah. But the scripts and the examples of the language is second run. I have gone back to it so many times yeah. because it just, sometimes you just need somebody to go, this is how you do it. And this is how you say it. Yeah. And then you practice it and you put your own f- turn on it. No, the same as we spoke about, you know, all, you, if you were to use the BIF tool that we spoke about last week or whatever, it's all about make It still has to sound like you. It can't yeah. sound like a script. You need to get the framework, and then put your own personality on it so it still yeah. sounds like you, so you're not a robot. Yeah, and remember, it's like it's also a person you're dealing with as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: While we're talking about teams, I wonder, I did something really unusual um, recently that was about a really tricky conversation that leads to a great thing for a team member. So it's not a negative, mm. it was the difference between everyone has a development plan when they work for most organizations typically they're fairly corporate standard things training yeah Yeah. um and i i chose to have tricky conversations with all of my team to say i'm going to offer you one of two things and actually everyone that i've told about this has been like that's fire a i want that for me but i want to do it to other people and i said you can have one of two things you can have a corporate plan that's fine you might you know write that and 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 that that's fine or i can give you a real one mm. um and it will be based on real feedback and i'm going to give you i could give you one sentence that is said about you behind closed doors by people above me so this is the perception so this is about development mm. this is about career pushing i can give you one sentence and then we can work with Real perception of you. It's tricky. I will give you a tricky, tricky sentence and then we can talk about that. Look at you. I can already see you grimmel- I'm like,
0: oh my God. <laughs> Tell me the sentence. I want to know my sentence. What's my sentence? Because I <laughs> not work here. What's my <laughs> sentence?
1: Um, and I'll give you, um I can give you a, like a couple of examples of these types of sentences. um One might be something like, they're not really a leader, though. They're more of a helper.
0: Oh, fuck. I don't like... Give me a different one. I don't like that one.
1: Another example might be... Um, ah, They'll never make it, though, because they have to be everybody's friend. Ugh. Right? These are killer. Um, right. So, but they are not made up by me, stuff that I've actually written down. Right? Mm-hmm. They're sort of examples of what they could be. But when you equip somebody with honest feedback that's fully supported and delivered again you the background work is so important to tricky conversations you know they trust me they know I'm there for them they know my win and I've said this absolutely with my hand on my heart my win is one day somebody will say your team is so efficient and so good they don't need you you can go that's my win Mm. I want them there. They want to get there. So they're like, I said to them, some of them needed 24 hours to be like, let me think. I don't know if I want it. I don't don't know if I want it. (laughs) I don't know if I want it. And then gave it to them. And man, their PDPs are wicked. Their behaviors, the rooms they push themselves into, the things they challenge themselves on totally changed. Trickiest conversation, but the fruit Mm. on them branches right now. And we are what? 10 weeks on. Fucking magic, magic. Magic. You got fired up about this. Love it. I love teams. Treat them well. And it will just, it just is easier. Even the tricky conversations in teams is easier if you treat people well. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And we're at time, and I don't know how close to zero minutes we are. So just in case, thank you very much for joining us, everybody. And we will talk more about difficult conversations different types of conversations in our next podcast see ya see ya